They're gummy, and they taste like cherry. It's hard to squeeze that much milk out of a turtle. Think about how good the salmon is for you. What am I, a peasant? I want full-size Paul Rudd. Sushi Jackknife. Sushi Jackknife. Sushi Jackknife. Sushi Chase the rapper be fucking with me? Yeah. Fucking with me all day? It seems like that would be a bad thing. It seems like a, nah. a, a negative thing to say to they'd someone. Be, they'd be fucking with me? Yeah, it seems like if nah. you say that to someone, it's rude. But, yeah. But it's a positive thing. See, man, you just don't understand my culture, man. I'm going to venture a guess that you and Chance the Rapper do not share the same culture. He's not from Appalachia. <laughs> no, <that>? no. Uh, <laughs> I believe Chicago. I, oh. I believe you're saying south his, side of Chicago. <laughs> oh, you're saying his dad didn't play a banjo? No. Like, okay. Actually, fun fact, his dad worked with a uh, pre-President Obama. What? In the city of Chicago. You'd be fucking with me. No. No? No. Chance? No. Well, Chance's dad. Chance Sr. Oh. I don't know. It, instead of Chance, is his name like for sure? It's a uh, it's, it's Lance. <laughs> they Lance? all rhyme. Yeah. Oh, Chance and Lance. Chance and Lance. So, Go, Vance. Uh, dance? Pants? Mm-hmm. Pants the rapper? His his brother, Pants. His brother. <laughs> they ran out of rhymes. <laughs> Pants the rapper. They had Chance. They had they had Vance, Lance, and then they were out. Vance? Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a name. It's a name. It's a like, name. Vance the rapper? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't know about it. I'm having to think a lot about names lately. You are. You are with child. Sir. Well, no, I'm not. Well you To clarify, <laughs> I am not in the least pregnant. Um, yeah, this is not the plot of Junior. I I don't possess those organs none, none of that's in there i mean i haven't i haven't had like an x-ray or anything to make sure but i'm just assuming you're, i don't have like a uterus you're telling me you don't have a vestigial cervix no somewhere in your body mm, i don't i don't believe so okay no you're sure yeah. well i mean like i said i haven't been to the doctor in a very long time remember that time when we went out and uh yeah, you know, we're just having a bro night, just broing. Yeah, broing down. And we had French it was fries. A bro down. It was, yeah. We had a bro down. Yeah, we broed down hard. Mm-hmm. And like, I happened to brush against your left shoulder. Yeah, and you gave a shudder. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was like your vestigial clitoris. Or well, something. I mean, it might be. <laughs> I I don't know. I I mean, I I have stopped using soy protein. Oh, for the uh, right to to decrease that estrogen. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that. But at that point, I hadn't. Okay. So, guys, I mean, there's no telling. PSA, PSA, right now mm-hmm. to all the men out there, you gotta quit eating the soy because the soy is gonna make you grow a vagina. If you um, if you ingest enough soy, you become a lady. Yeah. Science. Scientifically, if I say science after it, it's a fact. So, <laughs> science. I, the my favorite love song of all time, "Scientifically a Lady," by um, <laughs> the same guy that, that did uh, "She Blinded Me with Science." He, <laughs> the B side to that was "Scientifically a Lady." <laughs> it it sounds. It honestly sounds like the title of the B side to like "Lady in Red." Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Scientifically a lady. It's the same track. He just... Is that Tom Dowd or something? Is I, that right? Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby. I, I imagine just really great sax solo in there. Oh, yeah. And just yeah. a really smooth... A synth background. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we talk about the saxophone, we have to give a little bit up to Bowie. Okay. This he can Bowie. have it. He used the saxophone correctly. He did. Um, him and Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, when they had saxophone, Good used point. it correctly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then a whole generation of people heard that and went, we should do it too. And then they they did not. <laughs> you know who else used it correctly? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Like yeah. there's just a whole generation of bands that went saxophones great. It's a great idea, and then it was not a great idea. It no. wasn't even a mediocre idea. No. It was a very poor idea, terrible idea. <laughs> Do, are you you know um, well, Little Richard and that that generation? They really used it correctly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were inventing a use for the saxophone. Right, right. They made it happen. They made it happen. It was correct. Um, anyway, hey, welcome to welcome to Sushi Jackknife. That's what's happening now. Right in your ear holes. <laughs> this is this is the podcast known as Sushi Jackknife. Mm-hmm. You might have thought you were listening to an instructional video, in which case you probably are finding yourself on a precipice somewhere. You're going to want to step down. I should start an instructional podcast. You should. I have a lot of knowledge to pass on. It would mostly be on how to do Sudokus. Um do you actually do Sudoku? Oh, I do Sudokus, man. Really? really? I Sudoku like a madman. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how hard I Sudoku. I shared this with you recently, but I, I'm accepting my, my old age. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good. Yeah, because it's inevitable. You have no choice. I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. And before that, I'm gonna get diseases and be in pain, mm-hmm. and be infected. You're, you're pretty much on the downhill slope now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, nearing the. I'm precipice. helping, right? Yeah, you are. No, no. Let's keep it real. We're gonna keep it real. Yeah. Uh, so I downloaded a solitaire app for my phone, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how exciting it's been. Have you won? Yeah. The thing about it is. I didn't win for a, like a week. Yeah. And then I started to win every time. I, and now I win every time. It's um, it's actually strangely upsetting how excited a person gets when they win solitaire. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's understandable. Right. But people get very excited about it. And I, I've done it in my lifetime, too. Especially, I remember on the computer... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win the solitaire, and the cards go bouncing. And I remember as a child playing solitaire, and I finally won, and the cards went a-bouncing, and there were fireworks, and it went, and it was the greatest moment of my childhood. This is all true. The app does similar things. There are variations. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the kind of the classic of 52 pickup, where the cards bend, and then they blow out and fill the screen. Mm-hmm. Then there's the cards somehow make a triangle while shuffling. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so there's a couple different variations. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've started to win, and it just feels so good. The best thing about this particular app, which is just called Solitaire for anyone out there in the app store, just called regular Solitaire. You can search Solitaire, solitaire. and find it. Right, right. I don't even think you have to spell it correctly. Um I, I would imagine there's a number of applications so, that pop up. There are. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is the one. This is the OG. It's right. Just called Solitaire. Okay. There's no qualifier okay. there at all. Um, this particular app has one track of new age jazz music mm-hmm. on a loop. <laughs> 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 and the the marketing around it, the ads that pop up are all like, it's time to relax. Why don't you try Spider Solitaire? And I'm like, I don't understand that. I can't relax. But I'm going to keep listening to this track again. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you going to branch out? No, into this is it. Other, there are so many realms of Solitaire, though. Yeah, you're right. But I, I don't there's know. A, there's Tri-Peaks. I don't even know what that is. What's Tri Peaks? It, you create. Now follow me here. Three peaks of cards, and then you have to. Yeah, you'll you'll have to download the app. Tri- I I can't. I can't explain it okay. more thoroughly than because what I was picturing is the Twin Peaks of card gaming. It's it's different. <laughs> Where I have to solve a murder. <laughs> Do you think when people play solitaire with real cards, mm-hmm. when they win? They try to make the cards do, <laughs> like they get excited and just fling the cards into the air, like it, the game seems to do. No, <laughs> I think they pop another Quaalude. <laughs> That's what I think they do. <laughs> I can tell you that um, before I downloaded the app, the app has completely changed my life because the week prior, I happened to be in Walgreens, mm-hmm. and I happened to go ahead and buy a pack of cards. Oh, man. Bicycle with the classic blue back. What were you planning on doing with this? I, Nathan, I drank and played cards for three <laughs> nights, three evenings. This is how I spent my time, my off time. You know, after my son's in bed, I'm sitting at the bar in our house, or I'm sitting at the kitchen table while my wife is watching the Kardashians, mm-hmm. and I'm literally playing solitaire alone. I'm I'm picturing you, like the next time you have the house alone, uh, just sitting in a dark room, hat on the other side of the floor, like every every Western, and just sitting there with whiskey, flinging cards, trying to get them into the hat. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, I like it. It's a good picture. I'm for it. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that would have been the case, except for the fact, this by virtue of the Swedish. Um, we went to Ikea this week, mm. this weekend, actually. We went to Ikea. And Ikea, to, simplify, to basically give you the, the, the end of the story of Ikea, <laughs> we... <laughs> After going through the Hellmouth, mm-hmm. that is the actual retail store. Oh yeah, of IKEA. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's real. It's bad. straight out of Dante's Inferno. It's funny that you say that because I have notes this evening, mm-hmm. and I legitimately structured it that way: Hell, Purgatory, and Heaven. <laughs> okay, Paradiso. I yeah, say. yeah, yeah. Purgatory. What's the first one? Inferno. Yeah. So. The store, the retail location itself mm-hmm. of Ikea, the closest one to us here in Nashville is in Atlanta. Driving to Atlanta alone is enough. Driving to Atlanta is like breaking through all the layers of hell right. that you have to go through. But you're rewarded with Ikea when you get there. Right. So, Which might as well be on fire. Yeah. Because it's horrible. <laughs> um, Ikea, Ikea, and I, I bet that the Atlanta Ikea is the worst Ikea. Right. Because... You know, I can say this. I'm from the South. It's in the South. Yeah. No one gives a fuck. Um, 
The however, going through the retail store. I don't know. I'm sure that everyone listening has been to an Ikea or understands the concept of an Ikea. Mm -hmm. You start at the top. You walk through all these these rooms that are set up with all of their products. Right. Everything has a name. And more importantly, you walk through the room and you go, I could have a room that looks like that. And then you realize how much is in the room and you go, oh, no, I can't have that room. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't even come close to that room. The only room that makes sense is the bunker. Mm-hmm. You know, the concrete wall right. with the mattress <laughs> on the floor. You can have this room for $100. I can do that room. And you I can, could. Yeah. The last time we went, we walked through a kitchen. Yeah. And I went, we could have our kitchen look like that. We we can't have our kitchen look like that. Not at all. We bought a bed called a Nordly. <laughs> I think the cinder block room would be called the Boardly. <laughs> I think that um, if IKEA teaches us anything, yeah, there are three things that the Swedish do right: furniture, meatballs, and fish. Yeah, Swedish fish are the best fish. Right, they're gummy and they taste like cherry. They do. So, and even real Swedish fish, they really push the salmon on you when you're in IKEA. Oh, I'm not now. interested in that. No, they do though. <laughs> like it's just interesting because they they don't market very much while you're inside. Yeah. But, you know, certain columns throughout the store will highlight different things. A lot of usually it's about, "Hey, look at this this dock mm-hmm. where people swim all year even though it's cold because fucking sweet." Right. Um but look how simple the design is. It's not encumbered by lofty decorations and such and knickknacks like you Americans have. Yeah. But other than that, it's like, here's the salmon. Like, look right. at the salmon. The salmon is amazingly good for you. Think about how good the salmon is for you. It. When I went, I felt like one out of three things they were trying to push on me was food related. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is weird for a furniture store. Exactly. Right. Does not make sense. <laughs> I'm just picturing a kid kind of getting the wrong message from the marketing and just like starting to gnaw at a sofa. <laughs> do, you, do you think they have a uh, you chew it, you buy it sort of policy there? I'm sure they do. So those parents walk home with a chewed on sofa. Yeah. They get a fluger flogging. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so the hell of IKEA is the showroom because it literally takes about three hours to go through there. If you're with a female, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I could get through it in I, 20 minutes. Exactly. Couch, chair. <laughs> That's it some sort repeats. of cabinet thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> is that leather? No, okay, right. whatever. Um, but being as I was, the purgatory of Ikea is, in fact, the food court. Mm-hmm. Because you're still inside the Hellmouth, <laughs> but it's a little bit better. Because the food is not bad. Right. It's really not bad. Right. The Swedish meatballs are good. Now, for... Um, the attempting vegetarians among us, they have a veggie ball mm-hmm. and a chicken ball. If you're sort of in between, you know, not ready to commit, there's a chicken ball. Now, what is the veggie ball made of? Uh, some, you know, you don't ask too many questions when you're eating this kind of stuff. Like the Morningstar burger from mm-hmm. Burger King, you don't say, like, what the, what the hell is this made out of? Because it's probably whatever's left at the bottom of the trough. Yeah. Once they've processed the canned goods and the processed it's, foods. It's all the rest of it. It's just sloth. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's what, but they actually did taste quite well. They were seasoned well. Mm. And they had a little sort of uh, black-eyed pea or bean sort of gravy that came with them. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. It was interesting. It wasn't bad. Um, You know, you don't, I wish that you could get the veggie balls. and You probably could if you asked, but I didn't want to encumber the employees there because they already looked pretty disgruntled. I'm just saying. Well, I mean. They do work in hell, so yeah, yeah, in the hell mouth, right? Yeah, in the hottest part, if given. Um, Satan's so. minions would not be pleased. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't want to ask. Can I just get the veggie balls and then get the schmear of mashed potatoes and the lindenberries because that's really what I want? You know, mm-hmm. can I get that with the veggie balls and just substitute the the regular Swedish meatballs? Right. I didn't want to do that. I should have done that because I would have been more satisfied. Because I got steamed vegetables, which is like good, but like it's know. healthy for you. It's healthy. Think but of like, all those vitamins. No, you're right. You'd be very proud of me. Do you know what I ate for lunch today? I do because you told me. Yeah, you're right. Uh, for everyone that's <laughs> that hasn't heard already, you already bragged about this once to me. <laughs> because I mean, <laughs> but I, I was I was impressed. You were proud. I was impressed. Guys, I ate a kale salad. It was like kale and carrots. And then there, the, the, the worst thing on the salad was edamame, mm-hmm. unsalted at that. And then I put some tuna on it. Mm-hmm. That was my lunch. Yeah. And I ate, I ate carrots on the side. Now, the tuna. Yeah. From water? Yes. Water in the can? Water. Okay. Well, pouch. Thank you very much. Okay. Pouch in the, pouch in the pouch. Water in the pouch. Not, not oil. <laughs> pouch in the pouch. Not oil. Okay, because uh, that's important. Yeah, I never, I've never even had the oiled tuna because it sounds gross. To I me. don't think anyone ever actually eats that. Right. Every everything I've seen. So when I look up uh, things that are healthy, it always talks about tuna, but then it clarifies not the tuna in the oil. And my first thought is, do people buy that? Why is that for sale? Because that's gross. Yeah. It sounds gross. Yeah. You know how you know how when you open a can of tuna, you always have to sort of scrape the inner edge mm-hmm. um, to get what's left out? Yeah. Imagine that being an oily inner edge. Mm-hmm. I just can't get past that in my, in my mind, my mindscape. Yeah. That's no good. If you're out there and you're eating the oily tuna, seriously reconsider what you're doing. I'm picturing... Just one listener out there, because there's only one. Yeah, uh, eating, like sitting down for their their meal of tuna out of the can. It's packed in oil instead of water, and they're just sitting there eating it, getting to this part, going, "Oh, oh, what have I done with my life?" <laughs> I'm being judged by a subpar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And my life happens to line up like Pink Floyd with mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I really want to help the the Chicken of the Sea company. Mm-hmm. I want to help them bring their branding out of the 1950s. Oh, no. No, you think it's... What do you think? It's classic? The 1950s were the golden age of America. Like, that. that was the golden age right there. I mean, back when men could be men and, you know, women had to stay in the kitchen and... Yeah. 
not not speak unless spoken to. You know, back in the golden age. You're right. Those were the good times. Yeah. Back when casual racism was the norm. I mean... You know? I can't think of the time I've... The last time I've been casually racist. I know. It's horrible. I know. Yeah. I think we need to make America great again. Donald Trump for president. <laughs> I Official agree endorsement. There you go. Of this particular... I'm resending my endorsement right now because in the back of my mind, I feel like there's a chance he might hear this Yeah, and go, well, I'm endorsed by some youths. <laughs> the youth market. The young people right. think I am the best. <laughs> I am the greatest. I got some junk in this trope. With that said, I'd probably pick him over Ted Cruz. Because if I have to watch the universe just be destroyed by one human being, Donald Trump's going to be way more fun. I agree. He's going to be more entertaining. <laughs> if he is indeed the third Antichrist, yeah. the third incarnation, the yeah. first, of course, being Napoleon, the second mm-hmm. being Hitler, the third being Donald Trump. This if he's right. elected president and the cycle of revelation begins, mm-hmm. it's going to be more fun than if it was Cruz. Oh, it'll be way more fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine Ted Cruz when he causes World War Three. And then imagine Donald Trump when he causes World War III. Yes. One of them addressing the nation is going to be fantastic. And the other one (laughs) is Ted Cruz. I can't wait for that first day in office when Trump (laughs) decides to – he's just – you know, he's been waiting on this for years. Mm -hmm. He reaches back into his closet. He says, Ivana, I really – I'm ready. I'm finally ready. My, My life has come full circle. And he walks into the Oval Office, takes a box out from under the desk, mm-hmm. thinks about how Clinton got blowed there a lot. Right. Um, well, that's actually the only reason he's running for president. That's right. He's trying to get more blowjobs. <laughs> um, he opens the box. Mm-hmm. Inside is a fine, you know, a fine packing paper of a light blue. Very classy. Very classy. Very mm-hmm. classic. He reminds himself... That he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He reaches into the box and he pulls out his his uh, royal purple turban. Mm-hmm. Places it upon his head, right on top. That's right. Pulls his snake from his desk drawer, mm-hmm. uh, worships it, and then does his first press conference. I mean, that's the first hundred days of Trump I, in office. I think he may have sold me on him. I don't know. Just just turban wearing, honestly. And I know we talk about politics probably way too much on this podcast. Too topical. But how did we get to a point where the four main people running for president (laughs) are a Canadian, a reality TV host, a self-proclaimed socialist, and Hillary Clinton? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the 21st century, guys. Here we are. <laughs> and, and the greatest part is out of all of them, the most sane choice is the goddamn socialist. I know, right? <laughs> Any other election, Bernie Sanders looks like a nut job. That's right. That's right. 2016? <laughs> ah, I mean, why not? The, the moderate choice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the reasonable person. That's exactly right. Bernie, I mean, we've been feeling the burn on this show for a while. Oh, man. For a while. Oh, ever, man, I feel that burn. Yeah, ever since the candidate pool started to winnow, 
the burn just got stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to vote for Bush, but he's out. Jeb? Oh, Jeb. Well, it would have been cute. Yeah. It would have been cute to do it, that. Jeb would be an adorable president. He would. He'd be the cutest president. He's the most attractive Bush. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, he keeps it up the I most. I mean, Barbara. Barbara <sighs> was a kitten back Stone in the day. Stone cold fox oh, right there. Good Lord. <laughs> you know, if anyone can find those pictures of her prior to age 85... She's pretty pretty good looking. What that would be before nineteen seventy? Right. Yeah. Right. It's hard to find those. Yeah. 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 No one's ever seen a picture of Barbara Bush in color. Right. <laughs> prior to prior to age eighty five. Right. No. It's like it's like George Senior, why did you marry this old lady? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand how she has perpetually been 85. Right. Just my entire lifetime, she's been 85. That's right. She looks like she should be Bob Dole's wife. <laughs> Bob Dole. Bob Dole. <laughs> Bob Dole fucking the first lady. Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. The scary truth of the 90s is that oh, Bob Dole man. was actually macking hard. Yeah. On Barbara Bush. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you knew this. Bob Dole was, I believe, a senator from the great state of Kansas. Yeah, prior I didn't know that. to to running. Okay. And I, so I was there. I was in Kansas when he was running. And let me tell you, there were a lot of Dole people everywhere. Just a lot of Dolsters everywhere you went. Uh as a kid, I remember it, and I remember thinking, "This old man, were that that crazy about this old man?" <laughs> and of course, he didn't win, so it, yeah. it doesn't matter. He's but. the only one that made people in Kansas feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole. Like the third person. That's what I want in a president. I want third person. I really want to see another Ross Perot rise. <laughs> I want to see another tiny man with a billion dollars. Yeah, bring I, himself. I wasn't old enough to appreciate it at the time, and now that's like the glory days of politics, right there. I just barely remember Ross Perot. Yeah, more so than Ross Perot, I remember all of the children's cartoons I was watching, making fun of Ross Perot in yeah. jokes that I wouldn't understand, <laughs> but my parents might. Right, right. <laughs> this was interspersed with Mariah Carey videos. You know, mm-hmm. it's that milieu. Of the 90s. Nah, the yeah. 90s. The 90s were a good time. Yeah, not as good as the 50s, though. Yeah. Back when men could be men. Come on. You could practically just... I mean, if you had a penis, you might as well just... You, you're you, good. You could if, relax. If you had a penis yeah. and were white, mm-hmm. the world was your oyster. Which, ostensibly, both of us... And, yeah. and now, the world is just sort of your oyster. Um... <laughs> It's still pretty much your oyster. It's like it's, the, it's, there's still a lot, uh, a lot of racism, actually. Yeah, and it's, but it's kind of like, but parts of the world have now started to hate for it a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a, it's, it's. I'm not gonna ever say it's hard to oh, be a white man, but it's, it's a little harder than it used to be. It's a real struggle to it's, be a white man in this world. That's right. There, I mean, it's just, it's just rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's 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 actually harder though. It's harder, Nathan. Do you want some more of this? Uh, maybe. Okay. Well, it's open. 
We're having brandy, guys. The best thing about brandy, it's cheaper than bourbon, and there are a lot of songs about it. Like, the sailors say brandy. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. You know what song I'm talking about? No. Such a Sing fine a little bit girl. more. That's it. Uh, one more time. The sailors say brandy. Mm-hmm. You're a fine girl. Uh, go back to the falsetto. What a good wife you would be. Okay, back down. I don't know who did that song, but <laughs> it's a song about sailors wanting to all like bang this girl named Brandy. Of course. So there you go. And then there's, are you familiar with Ron Sexsmith? No. Canadian singer-songwriter. He's amazing. He's, I, 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 I'm being 100% serious. He's great. Um, Ron Sexsmith is amazing. He has a song called Brandy Alexander, which mm-hmm. is a drink that I find questionable because it combines liquor with milk. Mm. I don't know about it. The only thing that should be combined with milk yeah. is cereal. Breasts. The only three things that should be combined with milk are cereal, breasts, yeah. or uh, Hershey's chocolate syrup. Agreed. Yeah. Not the powder. No. Because what am I, a peasant? <laughs> Give me the syrup. The powder is a joke. It's a joke. A joke. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's. Categorically, if you're walking through the baking section, it's the least impressive product mm-hmm. on the shelf. When you walk by the powdered chocolate milk, you immediately feel just a level of depression. There's no way you That's can right. be happy walking by the powdered chocolate milk. It's, then you get to that syrup and you're like, oh, life is good again. Hmm. Powdered chocolate milk is indicative of a state-run orphanage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In Romania. Oh. Poor, those poor Romans, Roman, <laughs> Roman orphans, having to just drink that powdered yep. chocolate milk. It all floats to the bottom. That's like right. they didn't mix it up, right? No one mixes that up, right? Poor little Caesar and Marcus Aurelius. Mm, those Romans, so sad. <laughs> so, what the hell? Oh, oh, Brandy Alexander, the yeah. Ron Sexman song. <clears throat> She's my Brandy Alexander, always gets me into trouble. It's a great song. Look it up. Falsetto. Um, I don't think he does that in that song. Oh, but that's another matter. <laughs> oh, but that's another matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't oh. like that. It's got horns. Bum, bum, ba-da-ba-dum, bum, bum. Great song. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Brandy what kind Alexander. Of horns? What's that? What kind of horns? It sounds like a saxophone. And a a euphonium? No. Is there a euphonium in no. it? I only listen to songs with euphonium these days. Wow. I have a very specific taste. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> the euphonium, world's smoothest breast instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of music, have you heard of this new band blowing up the charts? You hear of these guys? Give this a listen, folks. So, what you're hearing right now, and I'm going to talk over it for copyright purposes, this is a band from Finland called Heavy Saurus. This was brought to my attention by a local music guru and Sushi Jackknife fan, Brandon. Um, This... 
Before you go anywhere, let me tell you the full story. Heavy Soros is a Finnish metal band for children. Why? Well, you heard it here. Wait, here comes what? the chorus. Now, does That's this funny. mean that at some point someone was thinking, man, I w- wish I could play Finnish metal for my child? Yeah. Oh, those Finnish words are probably too offensive for them. <laughs> we Right. We should probably make a kid's metal band. Is that what happened? I think so. I mean, this song is called Uranoid, which I know is Finnish for giant black dildo. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, that's I mean, pretty child friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in uh, Finland, that's actually a child's toy. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, Look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's probably there. Heavy Saurus, guys, is, is legitimately, this is a Finnish metal band of people dressed like fucking dinosaurs it's kind of jim henson mixed with ninja turtles look at this i i'm gonna be honest yeah i'm wildly upset by this (laughs) yeah you should be (laughs) as all people should Um, this is um every nightmare i've ever had (laughs) come to life right there well according to wikipedia i did my research i i already printed this wow Heavy Soros is a Finnish heavy metal band formed in 2009 mm-hmm. whose music is for children and like-minded. Grammar. Band members typically wear dinosaur costumes. Heavy Soros' debut concert was at Lama Lapiselle. Oh, that's a good venue. Yeah. Best Finnish venue out there. Their first tour started uh, in Helsinki, in 2009 that's not all that so they're big enough for a tour they're big enough for a tour um but like a national tour i don't know i mean because that's like three cities are we finish i mean that's like you just drive an hour and you're you're to the end of the tour that's a good point we're, we're closet finish at best yeah um let's see they've released seven albums and have sold over a hundred and seventy thousand copies only in what? Finland. Uh, Why? Apparently, what is wrong with Finland? I'm just saying. It's not just Finland, though, Nathan. Nowadays, there are also Spanish, Hungarian, and Swedish versions of Heavy Soros. Why? <laughs> what is wrong with all of the countries you just listed? The album Hermolikskovgin, yo, was the second most sold album in Finland Wait, in 2010. Hermolikskovgin, yo. Mm. You remember that one? Yeah. Um, the second most sold album in Finland in 2010 when the band was rewarded the best children album of the year with an Emma, which is apparently is Finland's Grammy. Um, let's see. Wait, their Grammy equivalent has a best children's album it's called category? An, yeah, and it's called an Emma. An Emma. I don't, I don't know that there is anything that could have made me lose respect for Finland as quickly as this conversation has. Agreed. <laughs> Origin story and characters. According to legend, five dinosaur eggs made for metal <laughs> survived the mass extinction mm. some 65 million years ago in the Mountain of Wizards. It's the most finished sentence I've ever said. <laughs> um, in the year 2009, witches gathered at the same place. 
A giant lightning bolt hit the ground and simultaneously creating ash and revealing the eggs. From the power of the witch's chance, the eggs exploded open and five heavy sauruses hatched. There's a movie produced by Solar Films. Oh, well, that I want to see. It was filmed in the fall of 2014. It's set to be released in the end of 2015. So it's out. Mm-hmm. We could see this. Do we have to go there to... To Fiddlin? Yeah. I mean, it's Do you worth think it. in America it plays in art houses with, like, subtitles? Probably. Yeah. Like, you have your choice of, like, the German movie that probably involves some sort of incestuous rape or something, or this movie right. in the art houses it's here. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> we can see this at the Bell Court mm-hmm. here in Nashville. <laughs> um, disagreement with Sony Music? In the beginning of 2011, Mirka Rantinen, the drummer and one of the founding members, drifted into a dis- drifted. Okay, I questioned this Wikipedia article. They dr- he drifted into a dispute between their record label, Sony Music Entertainment, about the copyrights and trademarks of the characters. As a result, Rantinen formed a competing band called. Sarriksket with the people who played in Heavy Saurus live setup. The court ordered Sarriksket to pay the record label uh, 100,000 euros in legal fees. Legal documents stated that the rights for the characters always belonged to Sony Music Entertainment. To be fair, $100,000 in euros or 100,000 euros yeah. is roughly like $45 at this point. That's yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a bargain. It's it's really. a pretty good deal for the other band. It's not bad. Sony Music really kind of took it in the egg hole on that one. Yeah. Um, the members include Hera Heavysaurus vocals, Millie Pilly keyboards, Millie Pilly. Millie Pilly, Millie Pilly automatically is my least favorite member of this band. Shit, only, I know nothing about the band, and I hate Millie Pilly. It's the only girl Heavysaurus, too, so it's really... Mm. Yeah. Compy Mompy drums. Riffy Raffy. Okay, guitar. I changed my mind. I hate Riffy Raffy. <laughs> I want to punch Riffy Raffy in the face. <laughs> Riffy Raffy. And Muffy Puffy on bass. Actually, I really like Muffy Puffy. <laughs> the most understated member of the band. Mm-hmm. Muffy Puffy is definitely the best member. It kind of, Guys, you should Google this, but it looks like the villains that they had on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> like... But shorter and with instruments. Has anyone out there ever seen... Have you even ever seen the Ninja Turtles as a band? We're coming out of our shells? No. I have this. What? I have it. Why? On a VHS cassette. Like one song? No, no, no. There's this whole thing. Let me break it down for you. Through a partnership with the Pizza Hut Corporation. Oh, well, that's all I need to know. There you go. Um, (laughs) The Ninja Turtles... Uh, franchise formed a live action concert mm-hmm. where uh, people would dress up as the Ninja Turtles in costumes and right. play instruments specially modified for Ninja Turtles, such as a one string bass because their fingers are big. Right. Uh, like, you know, uh, drums made out of like plumbing pipes and shit because okay. they're in the sewer, I mm-hmm. guess, the motif. I'm sure this sounded great, by uh, the way. Yeah. Well, they had songs like, We're coming out of my shells. Yeah, that was the big one. 
Uh, did the, the crowd go wild for that one? They did. The crowd of children that were paid. They they yes. lost it. They just lost their crap over that song. The sea of Macaulay Culkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because every kid at that... I mean, I had it too. I had this sort of wave of of hairsprayed hair. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was like a turtleneck. I looked like a little Steve Jobs. <laughs> I, I imagine that they were just really upset that CGI technology wasn't to the point that they could... Right. Just CGI an entire sea of Macaulay Culkin <laughs> watching this band. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's and then one kid that's under the arm of Michael Jackson. Right. Welcome to the 90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're coming out of our shells, and there was another song called um, Surfing Something. It was like Surfing the Sewer or something like that. See, the yeah. only the only Ninja Turtle music I'm familiar with, and they didn't perform it. But in the second live-action Ninja Turtle movie, Vanilla Ice... That's right. ...has the uh, the ninja rap, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, You're, of course, speaking of The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. 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 And let me tell you, <laughs> one of the finest moments in hip-hop history, right there, Vanilla Ice and people in turtle costumes. Yep. I, I don't... Ninja, what else could you want? Ninja. Rap. Ninja, ninja, <laughs> rap, ninja, ninja, rap. Yep. Oh, it's so great. And great. And you know, as I as I tend to do with franchises, it, with the exception being James Bond, I don't complete the circle. So mm-hmm. I've actually never seen Turtles in Time, the third I, movie. I'll be honest, I didn't even know till like two years ago that that was a thing. <laughs> well, I, that's understandable. I don't know yeah. how. I yeah. watched them when I was a kid. Right. Apparently, even I, as a kid, went, a third one, eh, I think we've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the premise is just, it so jumps the shark. Haven't we milked this teat quite enough? Hmm. <laughs> it's hard to squeeze that much milk out of a turtle. Right. I mean. And then Michael Bay went, oh, I can get some more milk out there. <laughs> Give me 20 years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the idea of Michael Bay working for 20 years on the fucking Ninja Turtles movie. It's his passion project. Like, the whole time he was doing Transformers and all that crap, it was just working up until he could get his lifelong dream onto the silver screen. Right. Did you see that last Transformers movie? No. With Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> no. I watched that shit twice. I don't know why. I was drunk in my bathtub when I watched it. <laughs> I this think both is, you times. You just painted <laughs> the single most depressing thing. I, like, that is the most depressing scene a person can paint. I I was drunk in my bathtub, and I watched the last Transformers movie. Oh, it's horrible. That's horrible. I mean, the dialogue is, is quick, which mm-hmm. is kind of... I mean, that's the only redeeming quality. The dialogue between the human characters is quick, I should say. It's almost like 1930s. 19- hey, what are you doing there? Blah, well, that's blah, way blah, too blah. quick. Way too fast. Um, but it gets the movie over faster. Well, Maybe that was the plan. Maybe they sped it up because they went, eh, this is a little long. You would think, except there's like... The fucking, I mean, such a bad movie, but 
you know, there's there's like subplots going on. There's like a there's like a crooked. Um, it's not John Lithgow. There's a crooked Fraser Crane in that movie. Oh man, Kelsey Glam- Grammer, Glamour, Kelsey Glamour, the <laughs> <laughs> Seattle's answer to David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a crooked Kelsey Grammer with yeah. a government military contract in that movie. There's um a, like a there's like a little shithole like shorter transformer in that movie that's real angsty, and then there's the Decepticons and the Autobots and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's and, a lot. Yeah, and like slutty Mark Wahlberg's daughter in the movie, which is really <laughs> disturbing. It's horrible. I the two things I wonder about this movie is um number one, why did Mark Wahlberg agree to why? Did Mark Wahlberg? His career is not on the downhill slope. He does He's not have great. to do this. Yeah. Number two, how come there aren't more roles where Kelsey Grammer plays a crooked man with a government contract? Because that seems to be the role he was born to play. Just looking at him, I agree. I agree. I, as a person, yeah. I assume he has crooked government contracts now. Right. Um. Yeah, just as an individual. Every movie yeah. he is in, that should be his role. Kelsey Grammer is a fabulous actor. Kelsey Grammer is great. I love him. Mm-hmm. He's charming and warm and beautiful. Um, Mark Wahlberg has had maybe the most confounding career in Hollywood. It's a, It's been an interesting one. It's a ride, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. he's okay, he starts life as Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. Kids may not know that. Check that out. Check that out, guys. Go Look up those Calvin Klein ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go down that Google hole. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. <laughs> Tiptoe. You know, the, the, the O's in Google are really just wells that you can fall into deeply. I, I've done that. Yeah, we all have. Um, so, yeah, Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark. Then he decides to become an actor. And I think he does, like, what, action movies first? Well, I don't – I'm trying to figure out – at what point in his career Rockstar fell in. Rockstar was horrible. Because that was a movie that existed. Yes, um, it was. I don't know how either him or Jennifer Aniston had a career after right. that. She was in that movie, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, my God. What an awful piece of shit. That was, that was really great. Oh, God. Marky, but then he, <laughs> then he does, like, I Heart Huckabees. Have you seen our, mm-hmm. our Heart Huckabees? That's a, That's a great, great movie. movie. Yeah. Great movie, and he's brilliant in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's up there with uh, with Alfie yeah. and I mean Dustin Hoffman for God's sakes. He he's one of those people. When I see him in a movie, I genuinely just want to hate him. Like the moment he walks on screen, yeah. I want to hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. See, I don't feel that way about him. Yeah. I have a similar thing with Paul Rudd, which I know is an unattractive opinion. Paul Rudd. I know. I know. Everybody loves Paul He's Rudd. He's lovable. There's just something about his face that I'm like, I do not care for you off the bat. But he has been in some stuff that I like, so I give. So he wins you over almost every time, but then you forget about it before the next movie. No, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I have a low level anger at Paul Rudd <laughs> all the time. <laughs> 
like like I'm a pot on the simmer. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to Paul Rudd, you're just in like when you're in your bathtub watching right Transformer movies. You're just seething about Paul yeah. Rudd. Like why why didn't why isn't Paul Rudd in this shit except for Mo, instead of Mark Wahlberg? This would be better. Kept. This is such a bad movie. Paul Rudd should be in it. That's exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's on the upswing because Ant Man, but you know. Well, that's just me. Haven't seen Ant Man. You wouldn't like it. No. You. I don't want. I want full size Paul Rudd. Well, I don't want both. tiny Paul he's Rudd. He's both in that film. Yeah, but I mean, I'd like him to be full size the whole movie. Michael Douglas is in that film. Isn't that wild? That is weird. It is weird. Mostly because I didn't realize he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think his father is dead. I I'm I'm gonna be honest. I have my entire life had an issue with confusing Michael and Kirk. Me too. I do not remember which one is which. And I, it was a few years ago at the Oscars, they announced that uh, Kirk Douglas was going to come out. Yeah. It's like, oh, Kirk Douglas, Wall Street. Okay. And then he walks out and it's this super old man. And my first thought <laughs> was, who's the old man that wandered on the stage? And then my second thought was, Oh crap! That's the older one, right? I Michael isn't. He's not on this show. <laughs> the pedophilias, yeah. <laughs> and then Kirk said some things I couldn't understand. I don't speak old man, and then uh, we moved on. That's a little insensitive because I think he had a seizure and he. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Kirk Douglas. Here's the crazy thing. Am I wrong? Kirk Douglas was in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Is that who I'm thinking of? I don't know. The internet's going to scream at me. Your wife, by the way, screamed at us last week when we couldn't remember what brought the end of Lent on. Oh, yeah. No, she, she yelled at me about me. that. Did she te- yell at you in person? Oh, yeah. She yelled at me in text. Well, here's She's the thing like, you don't Easter, know. you dumbasses. Um, my wife, because my wife listens to every podcast that we do. Um, and frequently, she wants to correct me on things that were said or like there was one point where we were um we were discussing autism on a podcast right this was a while ago yeah and apparently it was wildly upsetting to her because she knew the answer to the question that we were asking but of course telling it to her her phone while she listens to the podcast does no good we don't know the answer Right, in fact. So I spend a fair amount of my time uh, when this gets posted dealing with repercussions of what we do. (laughs) That's happened to me a few times. Yeah. Yeah. But your wife is a more tried and true listener than Yeah. I can't figure out who the hell is in this movie. Are you looking up? You know what? It's Michael Sheen. I'm sorry. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Well, that's a completely different person. Uh, I always confuse. Can I tell you this? The Douglases and the Sheens. Mm-hmm. I confuse them every time. I get that. Martin Sheen. Not yeah. even Michael. That that person is not real. <laughs> Martin Sheen is an apocalypse now. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Uh, I have the DVD right here. Michael Douglas and, and Martin Sheen are kind of the same person similar looking they had they had the same roles yes yes like you could swap one of them out for the other one and not miss a beat 
Right. I think you could, in the same movie, switch them out, and no one would notice. They are similar looking. Yeah. Kirk Douglas, on the other hand. Oh, he looks different. He looks different. What with the, the drooping oh, mouth? <laughs> Classic actor. Classic uh, right. actor. Mm-hmm. Kirk Douglas happened to be in a movie that I cannot remember the title of now, but the premise is that a naval vessel mm-hmm. suddenly travels into the past. As does happen. And wins World War II. This is a 80s world uh, naval vessel. Travels into the past and wins World War II for the Allies. At least mm-hmm. one battle. I cannot remember the name of this movie, but it's on Netflix. I've watched they, it. The writers of that know that's not really changing the past, right? Yeah, it's just kind of reaffirming what right. already happened. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, they still won. No. Yeah, there's no chance they were going to lose. Right. They were on the side of angels and shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, with God on our side. Right. That's been our Bob Dylan second. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming along. Mm-hmm. With God on their side. There we go. That's a good record. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the times they are changing, of course. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. I felt very proud this week. I um I have a friend that knows pretty much everything about music. Like one of you know those people yeah. that you know you you say something about an obscure indie band and they're like oh yeah have you heard this album? <laughs> no, I just found out that they were a thing. I have not heard that album. I knew that there had been a uh, recent Bob Dylan album. Before he did. Nice. I won the game. You win. Mm-hmm. And he listened to it, and he liked it. So, not only did I win the game in the fact that I knew it, I won the game in the fact that I recommended music he enjoyed. Nathan. I'm the winner. You're the winner. I don't... I'm thinking about going down the street. There's a trophy shop down the street. And just having a trophy made for myself. I like this. Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't want anything too gaudy, but anything under three feet just seems not worth it. So Yeah. This is a little bit of a Nashville-centric reference, but you should get um, you should get the guy who makes all the sequin suits here in town. Yeah. Uh, you should get him to emboss your trophy. Oh, that's a great idea. And things, yeah. That is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, three and a half feet... Because I feel like that's the reasonable height for a trophy. Absolutely. Three and a half feet embossed. Right. Perfect. Sequined. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want that thing bedazzled. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I want it to sparkle. Right, right. This guy took over for the guy, uh, nudie suits are what they're called, N-U-D-I. The, the, mm. the things you always see, like your Porter Wagners and your, uh, your Graham Parsons. People that was that a really bad query. name for them. Nudie, yeah. Yeah, it is a bad name. It's the jumpsuit with the sequins. Yeah. Yeah. It implies yeah. something different. Right. Like, it's see-through. And it's not. They're not that. No. 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 But now they're called Manuel's because this guy's name is Manuel. That's a better name. It's better. It's Good better. job, Manuel. He won the lottery of life. Have you, have you met Manuel? I have not met Manuel, but I would love to. I've met people who know him personally and they tend to talk about him as if he is maybe not a god, but a demigod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, if you meet him, tell him I approve of his name. I will. That's that's all I want him to know. Right. His name has changed the garment forever. For you and me, he would just have to take one of our many flannel shirts mm-hmm. and emboss it again yeah. with with sequins. That's all. Well, I already have quite the collection of um, sequined flannel shirts at home. I. It's uh, yeah, seven of them. Oh, really? Yeah, seven sequined flannel shirts. Do they say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like across mm-hmm. the ass? Absolutely, so you they do. When to wear them? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm I'm not a fool. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. Yeah, I have them scheduled out. I think if we ever do a live show, mm-hmm. we should get full body flannel zip up suits. I think we should just do it in footy pajamas. I'd be okay with that. With too. a butt flap. Yeah. Mine's For... gonna Mine's gonna have one button undone. Mm-hmm. Just one. Okay. <laughs> like the other one's done, but the other yours just is, one. Yours is suggestive. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little hoarier, so I'll just have both. Yeah. I'll just my, be in the wind. Mine like I'm I'm giving I'm giving a little butt cleavage. Yeah. Just a little yeah. butt cleavage. Yeah. Um, Thanks very much, uh, Play, for having us out tonight. <laughs> we understand we're the first podcast that's performed here. And uh, for those that don't know, Play is one of the many gay bars on Church Street here mm. in Nashville. Are there many? Oh, yeah. There's Play, Tribe. I don't know which ones are, are, are dudes and I which ones are I thought there lesbians. was one. No, 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 no. There's, and I'm down- not in tune with the gay bar scene. Right. Or the bar scene. Right. I'm not in tune with any scenes no <laughs> which is why we hang out on a ba- in a basement right and talk to each other right i i uh i have netflix so i avoid people and just have things there to watch this is this is true um no if you go down church street there's about i think there's probably four or five bars now and then they're at the end of the corner there's this really interesting thing that's like some sort of loft you can rent just for the weekend, and they're totally ripping off the artist the weekend because mm-hmm. they spell it the same way. Ah, yeah, it's bullshit. So, but basically, it's a flop house, right? You know, as my grandmother would say, it's a flop house for all them for all those queers. <laughs> that as your grandmother, as my would grandmother say. would say, right, yeah. right, yeah, 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 exactly. That sounds about right. Right. I've got relatives that would say the same thing. My uh, my favorite offensive gay thing that I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> your favorite <laughs> just because it was so ridiculous uh my uncle first off let me let me clarify my uncle is a huge redneck <laughs> lives in oklahoma um his job is and i'm not making this up he sits in a trailer at an oil field to watch the oil field and make sure people don't steal pieces of the equipment. It's like a security job, but different. Is um, there a way we could set up a meeting with him? No, okay. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's mean. He's a very nice person. But my favorite thing... <laughs> well, his work sounds as, riveting. Aside from this, uh, my favorite thing he ever said was it was when Brokeback Mountain was out. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't I don't know how it came up in conversation when I was visiting Oklahoma. Um he referred 
someone said something about it, and he referred to it by saying, oh, are you talking about that queer cowboy western? (laughs) 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 To which the only answer you can give is, I mean, yeah, I I guess. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's not what I would have called it. <laughs> it's either that or, or we are watching the same porn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I'm not. If you're talking about the Heath Ledger movie where he falls in love with Jake Gyllenhaal, then yes, that is what I'm referring to. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this movie before. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It, yeah, it's a great movie. And, and it's so intensely sad. It's it's one of, I will say, it is one of the very few movies I have seen in my life where, like, the ending of it made me feel, like, goosebumpy. And, yes. Yeah, like, I, I had I had the feels from it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, a, I'm an emotionally dead robot, so it takes a lot for that to happen. Right. The... <laughs> It's a good movie. It is. I was going to try to make a crack about how your gears were oiled mm-hmm. properly. And yeah. when that happens, you are quite emotional. But I, I just didn't get there in time. <laughs> um, when you're when Nathan is properly maintenanced, mm-hmm. he's actually, his emotions are closer to that of a human being. It's rare. <laughs> um, I'm not under warranty anymore, so people aren't checking out Right, <laughs> right. You're kind of like the Robin Williams model mm-hmm. in that movie, Bicentennial yeah, Man. Exactly. Another movie that had no emotional impact because it was so long, but it could have had it been condensed. Do you feel that way? I haven't even watched that it. That movie is not worth looking into. There was that period where like AI and mm-hmm. Bicentennial Man and movies like that were coming out, and it was like, mm, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I mean, I get it. I get where they were going. It's the future. It was the future. The future. It was the future. The future is now. No. no. The present is now. That doesn't... The future is now. The future is... Well, the future just went by. The future now. is... is well, no, you can't ever get before. It's now. Right. I mean, unless you suddenly become a fourth dimensional being. The future was then. There you go. Now mm. that holds up. The future was then. Mm-hmm. Where do you weigh in on near-death experiences? I mean, people have them. People have them. That That's about all i have to say about them <laughs> do, you, do you think they hold any merit at all i mean in in what regards in, in, what in, sort of merit in the regard that people have these extreme sorts of experiences mm-hmm. where they experience something metaphysical uh i'll give you an example all right <clears throat> the great comic book writer grant morrison who has written everything from Batman to X-Men to his own stuff. Uh, Spider-Man? I don't think he's written Spider-Man. Aquaman? No one gave a fuck about Aquaman until the last few years when Jeff Johns wrote it, so who cares? (laughs) I don't think he wrote Aquaman, though. Um, No, Uh, he did write a comic called Sea Guy, which is definitely worth a read if you're into something kind of wacky. Um, anyway, so there's a character in that called Chubby the Tuna, which is a big cigar-smoking tuna fish. That well, naturally. Yeah, naturally. Uh, Grant Morrison is amazing. Um, he, I've heard him say this on a podcast, he talks about 
having a an experience where he all he did was smoke a little bit of hashish mm-hmm. and then proceeded to climb a bunch of stairs. Okay. That evening, after climbing the stairs, now the the monk or whoever was there at the stairs said, the legend is, guys, Westerners, he's Scottish, Grant Morrison. This monk says to him and his friend, if you can reach the top of the stairs in one breath, you will reach enlightenment. Okay? Okay. He does it. He accomplishes it. Well, how many flights of stairs is this? I mean, it's a lot of fucking stairs. Um, okay, like so it's not like one flight no, of stairs. No, it's not like 20 stairs. Because I'm like, not impressed if he went up no, one flight. No, it's like 300 stairs. Okay, that's something. a lot of stairs. It's a lot of stairs. So he had smoked a little hash, and he did all these stairs. He got a good cardio that day. That evening, he has a metaphysical experience where he experiences as these beings sort of made out of silver, and they're showing them they're showing him where they grow worlds and this sort of thing it's very deep very interesting uh fat man on batman there's a couple episodes with grant morrison Mm -hmm. that are worth checking out because he tells the story in the earliest ones there's an example of uh he wasn't near death i guess but he just had an experience right okay um i also heard about this doctor a few years ago who came out with a book called proof of heaven Oh, I've heard about this. I think he was a neurologist even. Remember mm-hmm. this guy? He had a near-death experience and had all these these wild uh, pieces of information to bring back. Right. And him being a more scientifically-minded person, at least conjecturally, because he's a neuroscientist. Right. You know, you, you For some people, that held more water. Now, <clears throat> I have here in front of me the account of one... Ricky Randolph, who has none of those bona fides. Okay. <laughs> Ricky Randolph. I'm going to read you the, uh, oh, the bio here. <clears throat> uh, this comes from a website called neardeath.com. Uh, it's near-death.com for anyone who's interested. <clears throat> In December 1982, Ricky Randolph, a Georgia Department of Corrections correctional officer. Corrections correctional. Okay was involved in a hunting accident and had a near-death experience. What kind of accident? Well, we're getting to that. Since then, he has had many psychic occurrences, which have been verified by family and friends. (laughs) Doubtful. (laughs) Ordained as a Baptist minister at age 17, his life, even in childhood, was filled with psychic events. Because Baptist ministers and psychic events go hand in hand. I can speak to this. I've heard the Baptist church is really all about psychics. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, Miss Cleo was a member of the First Baptist Church of Mm -hmm. Jamaica, man. Oh, yeah. Um, The following is a unique near-death experience reprinted by permission. It doesn't specify whose permission. It can be described as unique for a very good reason. The reason is miraculous. <laughs> oh, wow. As the saying goes, miracles happen. His they near- have really sold this, so oh, it better be it. good. They're this Kevin Williams guy, uh, neardeath.com. His near-death experience appears in Kevin Williams' book, Nothing Better Than Death. Here's what I thought we could do with this. This is a bit of a tale. It's a bit okay. of a yarn. Okay. I thought we could break it into three parts. Mm-hmm. Okay? Over the next couple episodes. Okay. And I was hoping that you would read it in your best Southern Gentleman 
Well, I don't, I don't have a southern gentleman well, voice. Well, just reiterate. Okay. Okay, part that one. Can... <clears throat> this will be part one, a prelude to a miracle. <clears throat> <clears throat> Theater. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, I'm warmed up. And action. I was looking forward to this morning as I had planned a hunting trip on the 98-acre farm bordering the Chattahoochee River. You know, the Chattahoochee River. You really got through that pretty well. My family and I lived on. I arrived home and gathered my gear, trying to get as early a start as I could. My wife had already left for work, as most people do who have normal working hours. I usually called her when I was going hunting, but being in a hurry on this particular morning, I didn't. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I had about a two-mile hike to my tree stand and arrived there around 10.15 a.m. Uh, fun side note, by the way. The same uncle that I was speaking of yeah. fell out of a tree stand one time. <laughs> Moving along, my stand was about 20 feet high on the front side facing a thick patch of pines. The back side faced the river below and dropped off to huge boulders in the river below. Redundant. I tied off my rifle to be pulled up after my climb to the top and began my upward ascent. I reached the top and positioned myself to pull my rifle up. Then, without warning, I heard a snap. I would later return to the site many times to reflect on my life. On one visit with a friend, I measured the distance from the top of the stand down to the boulder I landed on. Eighty feet! Eighty feet! By the way, there is an exclamation mark. That's why I sound so excited. Um, I don't feel like it's that exciting. I just want that as a side note also. <laughs> as I began my fall to the river below, I could see the river coming up fast. I knew this was the end for me, and though it was just seconds before impact, it was as though I was in slow motion. Wow. So many thoughts raced through my mind. My wife, my daughter... My family, my dog, my neighbor's dog, my neighbor's neighbor's dog, and no one knows where I am. Would I ever be found? Then, darkness. How long this darkness lasted, I don't know, because I don't know time. Then something wonderful. I may have added something. Okay. <laughs> How long this darkness lasted, I don't know because I don't know yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Profundity. Then something wonderful happened. I felt myself leaving my body. I was floating a few feet in the air above the river. I looked on my body with mixed feelings. Someone should have worked out more. I was bleeding from my mouth, nose, ears, and saw a trickle of blood underneath me on the boulder. As I was reflecting on the state of my body, I felt a pulling and began to rise very fast. I was traveling at a high rate of speed upwards through the atmosphere. As I left the atmosphere, I looked back and could see the Earth. Such a beautiful sight. It was so brilliantly lit, I assume by the sun. As I looked ahead, <laughs> I could see the planets. I thought to myself, this cannot be. Where is Jesus? I was never told anything like this could or would happen when I died. Faster and faster, the speed was increasing. 
I saw other star systems and galaxies as I raced onward. I entered what seemed to be a hole of some sort. Mm. Uh, that, that sounds like a metaphor. It was long and dark. Mm. Continuing the metaphor. However, around me I saw streaks of light made up of every color in the spectrum. Continuing the metaphor. And there was yellow. There was fuchsia. There was chartreuse. Indigo. Beige. Oh, beige. I saw a faint light growing brighter and brighter in the distance up ahead. As I entered the light, I felt it all through my being. I was not afraid anymore. Then all of a sudden, I was standing before a massive set of steps. They led up to what seemed to be a bridge or walk of some kind. In the distance, I saw a sight so magnificent and astounding. A city made up of what seemed to be glass or crystal. To be continued. To be continued. Mm. And we'll pick up with part two next week of Ricky Randolph's story. A lot, of, a lot of lights. There's a lot of light. A lot of color. Yeah, a lot of color. Being oh. in a rainbow. I mean, he's bleeding out of his head. I, I like that he saw blood out of everywhere. And then there is a little trickle of blood on the rock. <laughs> Just a little trickle of blood. I think in that situation, the blood is, you know, the blood turns into a rainbow. Mm -hmm. And then anything can happen. Oh, there is a little trickle of blood on the rock. Oh, I must be dead. <laughs> he did assume his own death was coming pretty quickly. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I'm, he jumped to that conclusion very quick. He jumped to that conclusion like he fell off that rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With the force of gravity. 80 feet. 80 feet. 80 feet. 80 feet. That's right. That's a long distance. By the way, this is going to be made into a TV movie uh, available on the PAX network. Oh. Yeah. I would watch the crap out of that. The shit. <laughs> the shit out of it. Guys. We haven't said this in a while, but you can email us. It's sushijackknife at gmail.com. Gamail. Gamail. Uh, for all you transsexuals out there. Yeah. Or not. Um, <laughs> Nathan is available on the Twitterverse at Badlands Badly. He's also writing for a site called Talk Nerdy With Us. Um, and I, I do other various items. Indeed. And or things. Yes. I am at Justin L. Croft because, as we explained in the past, Justin Croft was taken by some fucking guy in England who sells old books. What a douche. Um, and if you would, give us a review on iTunes because that has the massive effect of magically increasing not only your personal wealth, but your share in the Golden Fleece. If if you do that, you are guaranteed that when you inevitably fall 80 feet onto a rock below, you will be allowed passage into the glass or maybe crystal city. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Where you will join Ricky Randolph and all of his elegance. Unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> The show is available pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, what, Podkicker, any places. Your local podcast dealer. There you go. Your p pawn shop of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pawn, pawncast? Yeah. That has to exist. It should. If someone hasn't done that already. Brilliant idea. Get on the pawncast. 
I I think we should demand like ten percent of anything they make. Finders fee. Yeah. Ideas. We came up with it. Fee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just ten percent. It's reasonable. Ten percent is reasonable. Judge Judy would uphold that. So. <laughs> Judge Judy. Oh yeah, I'm pretty What's sure. She doing these days. I mean, judging. That's At, what she does. Well, judging in like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Judge Judy is down in Panama City Beach. Like, yeah. Banging chicks. Just just judging them. Judging them. Yeah. She's like judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Booyah. Sushi jackknife. Sushi jackknife. 